Fantastic. Thank you very much for that, Westy. We'll have a full preview of uh, that racing today on the Beaumont. Uh, after 10 o'clock, Jared, Gary Harley will join us and we'll jump into it. Now, I think our panel is all there. I think we've got uh, Dino in Victoria. We've got Glenn and Munzee on the Gold Coast. I think Chris Roots is on the Gold Coast as well. So we're all uh, away from uh, home there at uh, French's Forest. I'll firstly say good morning to Dean Lester in that uh, Melbourne studio. Dino, welcome again to the Summer Edition and good to talk to you for the first time in 2022. Yes, and to you too, Dave. Happy New Year to you. Uh, looking forward to a big year. Certainly should be. Uh, Munns, uh, good morning to you, mate. Uh, How is it up there on the Gold Coast? Yes, good morning, Dave. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, Dino and uh, the Ruta when he comes along. And listeners, uh, it's, well, the last two days here, Dave, are the best two days I've experienced in the last 10 that I've been here. So uh, hopefully that all goes well for Magic Millions Day this Saturday. We had rain leading up to Tab Wave Day last Saturday and a downgraded track after three and a half mils at the start of the program. But it dawned a beautiful day here again today. Final acceptances for the two-year-old and three-year-old Magic Millions this morning. And then the big barrier draw on Surface Paradise Beach tomorrow morning where Bernadette Cooper will join me live on Sky Thoroughbred Central. Okay, and uh, Chris Roots, uh, you're up there for obviously for the Sydney Morning Herald, keeping an eye on things because I'm tipping there'll be a lot of news to come out of uh, the Gold Coast from a, a New South Wales perspective. Good morning to you, Chris. Morning, Dave. Morning, Luke. Dino and Munns. Um, yeah, beautiful day here on the Gold Coast, and um, it's been it's it was good racing on the weekend. There was some, considering it was a heavy track in Sydney, we saw some nice horses go around, and um, looking forward to Saturday and uh, Magic Mediums Day. Uh, Luke also, uh, we mentioned, uh, is joining us today, Luke Marlow. Luke, um, I might uh, start with you and then we'll work our way through some of these races. But I want to start, obviously, with uh, the horse in the first of Rodney Northam. So we spoke with Rodney on the punters panel. It was the Tab Highway to kick off proceedings and Rod was great with his time. Uh, they've got some lofty ambitions, but the luck just didn't go away. It was the, the start was costly, wasn't it? Yeah, good morning to you again, Dave, and to uh, all the gentlemen online. Look... I think it was a complete forgive run. Uh, he just didn't jump that well, and he was forced to cover plenty of ground and do mid-race work. He, he hadn't had that trial, and I just think on the testing conditions, considering he had a torrid run, um, he's a forgive, and he's got plenty of time to, to regroup and qualify for the final at uh, Randwick on April 2, if indeed they still want to head that way, and I'm sure they will because he's a horse with plenty of talent. Uh, Zoo Station, which won the highway on Saturday, is a, a really good mare, and I'm sure she would look to, to go down that path as well. Uh, good to see Choc Cavallo get an opportunity in town and, and bang home a winner on that mare, who's just in a fantastic stable gain at Williams Davies. is just an excellent conditioner, and uh, she had that mare in top order first up to win on Saturday. Well found, Munns. You found Zoo Station for us on the punters panel. Oh, well, you put enough lead in the air, Dave. Eventually you've got to hit something. <laughs> well, it, it hit pretty well. I mean, Come on, uh, take the rap. Take? It's not Come often on. he raps you, Munns. Take the rap. No, well, I, I just thought it was one of those races. You know, um, we said on Friday morning, you know, when, when you're taking, you know, $2.50 about a horse that you know there's going to be back in the field, uh, resuming from a spell no trial, and then Rod said, well, the reason I've given him no trial is the fact I want to keep freshness in his legs. And, you know, you are dealing with a 1,200-metre race at Rose Hill. I, I just thought, you know, Zoo Station, he had the highway form on the board. He had had the trial. Uh, to bring Choco to town, 
uh, was always a, a tick in itself and, the, and you knew that it'll handle the going and I just thought one of those situations and a, a lot of people that listen to us on Friday I'm more about the price of, of the horses and the differential between certain horses in the race and you know I just thought that that gap was far too big for those two horses considering uh, on Friday I think you'll find they were $2.60 and $12.00. Uh, I know that on on Saturday morning they were two dollars fifty and eight dollars fifty, which is still a massive gap. Mm. Boys, uh, and I think we've spoken about this before, but I'll come to you, Dino. You're one of the best judges in the country. Munns is always telling us on the Friday punters panel about price, even if he thinks a particular horse can win. If it's not a certain price, he just won't be taking it. Are you the same? Will you, um, you know, will you really only look for things that you can get, you know? decent overs on you won't chime into something sort of lower than a three or or a 280 price oh i'm not in in that sort of uh, i'm happy to take short odds if i think it's a good favorite uh yeah. if, if i think it's uh you know if it's still above uh, what it should be uh, and it's it's chances of winning uh, i'm happy to chime in but uh, no i'm more a bit more of a value player and happy to back a couple in a race to you know you might you might back two in a race and be copping sort of six to four about your two winning uh, and betting against the field. I know you're you're a value player, Chris. I know, uh, and you love a multi too. You love getting these doubles up. Yeah, it's just a, it comes down to how many winners you're going to back. And if you're not, if you're only going to back one winner every five bets, you've got to be betting at six to one, don't you? Mm, it's a good way of looking at it. I think there's plenty of value in the pointy end of the market too, boys. Um, you, you can still find find a good edge. In, in even that sub three dollar range, it's just all dependent on the actual race itself, the horse, and there's plenty of factors that go into it. Mm-hmm. DS. Uh, one thing I'll, I'll ask you boys about as well, because this this actually came up uh, on Friday uh, about eleven o'clock. We had a couple of texts on the text line about the the tab app, and obviously you know some improvements that need to be made with the tab app, as probably all. Um, betting company apps in, in the country. They need to just keep evolving and improving. Uh, that's the way technology is. But it's on the, the black book situation. And obviously the tab app has a situation where if you black book something, you're going to find out about it probably, you know, sometimes a little bit later than you would others. Uh, we found out from Luke on Friday that he uses what, um, what's that software you use? GTX. You're, you use GTX. Gents, have you got a particular system or a black booking system that you guys will use uh, that we could maybe tell the listeners about that they can access. Uh, Dino, have you got one? Uh, i got a uh, gentleman down here called David Vitale to build me a database and system that suits me, and uh, and he's, uh, his business is called RAPRO, and uh, he okay. also bought the, the former business known as Expert Form, so he's incorporated all of that into one sort of system. So it, it's sort of uh, he's built what I need, and it uh, involves sectional times, being able to make notes, as you said, a black book, uh, that sort of thing. I've used uh, GTX before. It's it's very efficient, uh, and there's quite a few out there. Southeast uh, Software, I think, uh, they, they build good databases. So, yeah, you can use all sorts of things. I mean, for a straightforward thing like dynamic odds, I mean, I think it's black book and notation. You can you can certainly, uh, you know, for I think it's $30, $30 a month, it, it's a really good system. I mean, it is. I, I wasn't aware there was actually a black book on dynamic odds, Dino. I, we did field that question over the weekend, and I wasn't sure it actually had one, but it, it in fact does, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've got to have a login, and once yeah. you, yeah, yeah, it's up the top in in tools. So uh, yeah, okay. it's and and what you do is you, uh, you as soon as uh, say on a Saturday, th- the Thursday morning, 
you get an email saying that the horse that you've black booked's in. So you get two days out. It's always the day after you know the acceptances. So uh, it's okay. it's very very handy. Sadly, I've got horses from uh, the one thing I've got to learn, uh, Luke, is how to remove some from about four years ago. I've got things yeah. going around that uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been cans that I've darling. yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever get tempted though? Do you ever get the email and go, "Gee, that's up in cans now. Should we, should we have something on that?" <laughs> um, not quite, but uh, I have gone close a couple of times. Uh, what about yourself, for Muns and Chris? Just for you know, little bits of advice for punters. We always often talk about you know strategies in terms of how you bet. But what about like two? that you use I mean say there's some punters out there that don't want to be paying uh, subscription fees to service I threw out racing and sports muns yep. do you use a particular um, setup if you want to get a black booker in or you're doing form and, and you, you can't access uh, you know these, these databases uh, I'm pretty old school Dave I use reflex and BIC how good which is pen and paper. Actually, that's true, punters, because I've seen him blow up at Sky when the stationary cupboard has not had the, the products, utensils that you've needed, and has there been a show? Well, Dave, it's, you know, when you've been doing something for a long while, it's You're very, a creature very hard to It's a miracle yeah. they actually got me to start using computers. <laughs> what about yourself, Chris? Do you use any, any particular app, site, etc.? No, but I, I, I basically gone back to just um, doing my form of racing New South Wales world site and um, using their videos where I need to, and then sort of cross referencing it with a few other sites which um, give comments on race race meetings like RaceNet and things like that. But generally, I just use my own eye and um, keep it fairly simple. I, I don't really use a black book method. I sort of have have a um, bit like mums. I have a book that I write them down in because I, I find that jogs my memory and sort of. Uh, write down when I think they should be running next, so two or three weeks, and just keep an eye out for them in the norms. All right, give us a call, 135353. If you've got any questions about Saturday's racing uh, or anything on your mind, give us a call. Uh, we're taking those calls now. We're going to open up the lines. I'm going to come to you here, Dino. A couple of texts on the text line about Philosopher, which won the first there, a two-year-old race for James Harron. Um, lovely, uh, well, big day for Ollie. He does get a stretch, though, after being suspended from that winning ride on the Maloney horse. But what did you make of Philosopher? And is this a two-year-old that we should be watching considering the time? Uh, I think uh, he goes to, if he goes to a Blue Diamond preview at 1,000 and even the Prelude at 1,100, he doesn't give me the the style of a horse that might run the 1,200 of the Blue Diamond uh, at the moment because he goes a bit keenly within himself. But if he learns, he might be some chance. I was far more impressed with the second horse there, Jewellery. Uh, I think uh, Godolphin got a really good filly here. And uh, she just was began okay. And Damien Lane elected to take her back. And she overreacted when he, he asked her to be restrained and from then on she had to chase and chase she did she ran the best 800 600 400 of the whole day uh, and 200 so uh, her effort on debut to cut through the field probably learned a bit uh, to me if uh, we saw a feature of a two-year-old winner on Saturday it was more likely to be jewelry uh, for a blue diamond okay they've always got a nice horse don't they uh, Godolphin so is that the plan coming out of Melbourne for her like does she go follow that blue diamond path is that what they've said after now yeah, I haven't heard a lot come out about uh, where she's going next, but uh, she trialled up, uh, you know, she's always been trialling in the manner of one that would be strong, and uh, so, you know, the way she races is exactly how she's trialled, so I'd imagine, yeah, she could go uh, to the, the previews and the preludes now. Okay, so she's a half-two to, to uh, what, silhouette. 
She's a half to silhouette uh, out of that mare uh, cameo. Cameo, yep. Okay, so uh, another um, Dali horse. Uh, or Godolphin Horse, which is uh, one to keep an eye on. I'll come back to Sydney now. I'll bring you in here, Chris, because I know you were watching the races in Sydney. Uh, what did you make of the uh, the run of End We Danced? Arctic thun- uh, Thunder was too good for Gary Portelli, but a few uh, punters here just want to know, uh, with End We Danced, the thoughts and what to what now? I mean, because of the uh, the first up run or because this is the first debut run in Australia, do you want to chime in at short odds again or do you let it go around now? Well, I don't want to be chiming in at short odds, but honestly, honestly, it was just one of those runs where it just run out of a run out of a bit of fitness late, and will improve like all Chris Waller horses do once they've had one run. So, I think it, it was, there was enough there to say it'll be a, a city horse and winning a few races in the city. It's just when when that happens, and and um, I think because of the of of it, its form in Group One racing in New Zealand, you might be asked to take a bit shorter odds than you should be. They went very, very slowly in that race, and uh, she just got a little bit keen, I thought, and, and was left in front a long, long way out. I, I, I thought it was a bit better than that, actually. I think she gets okay. in a more truly run race. They were about 20 lengths below standard for the first half of the race, so uh, I know it was a soft track, but they were very, very steady, and she, you could see she just wanted to get on with it, so I think put her in a more truly run race, she might have a future for sure. I'm with Dino, Dave. Are you, we even saw that in the trials, too. Her first trial... Mm when she was ridden with cover and allowed to run on, it was excellent. And then the second trial, when it settled up outside the lead, wasn't as good. Was so that King I, of Sparta, Luke? Was that yeah, the that's King right. That was, trial? Yeah. That's it, Dino. That was a cracker. Yeah. And then the second trial went to Warwick Farm, had mm. no cover, a little bit keen again and didn't finish off as well. So I think Dean's right. If this filly could get some cover, Dave, in a, a truly run mile or even back to 1,400, at Ramwick, uh, I think we could see a, a, a nice horse. Okay, oh, and we danced. Well, well, she's well in, she's well in the, at the benchmark too. So she she could That's drop right. back to a, a Wednesday and um, have a win there, confidence boosting win, and then come back to Saturday where she might get a bit more pressure as well. Mm. All right, give us a call on thirteen fifty three fifty three. A couple of texts here giving a lot of love to uh, to Brad Davidson. Uh, now you were on form line last week, months. I think you mentioned this as well on the punters panel about Oakfield Arrow which was in race four. What's the story? Was was Brad tipping this up on Thursday night at Big Odds, was he? Uh, yes, on Thursday evening when we... I'll just go back to my comprehensive notes here, courtesy of Bic and Reflex. Um, it went up a $17 chance on Wednesday, Oakfield Arrow. It was still $16 on Thursday morning and uh, there was only sort of spin bowls that came out at that stage and uh, Born a Warrior hadn't come out. Oh, it came out, actually. Born a Warrior came out whilst we were doing the show. And it was a $12 chance, so you knew it was going to just uh, trim up a bit from there. Uh, but Friday morning it went up $10, uh, then $9.59 on Saturday morning, and a $7 chance. But no, uh, Brad did tip it up on on Thursday evening, and he okay. said he thought it had a good chance there. So uh, he, he's found that. Um, I must admit he wasn't on his own come um, probably you know, Thursday and Friday when other people were sort of hooking into the form. But uh, it still held its mark there around about, I think, around about $7 throughout bidding. Uh, went straight to the front. James Innes Jr. controlled the race and uh, and got the money. Actually ran into Christian Buchanan here last night um, and uh, congratulated her on, a, on another uh, city win. And uh, uh, she was very, very impressed with the way that it went. Mm. But the, the race was run to suit it. And Terry Robinson's becoming the king of the highways. Well, Christian Buchanan is becoming the queen of the midways. That's about the fourth or Fifth, uh, midway, I think she's won. I was going to say, how many? Yeah, that's uh, so. That's uh, she's uh, stacking up. There's no um, 
is there is there a curb on how many they can win? Midway? Uh, no, no well, you're only eligible for the midway uh, depending on a point system. Uh, on your previous 12 months, how many uh, Metropolitan winners? I think it's Metropolitan winners, uh, Chris, isn't it? And, of course, it's group just winners, po- you get uh, extra points. Yep. Yeah, yep. You, get, you, get winners for, you get points for group winners, and it's sort of a little, little formula, but it basically means the top 10 to 15 trainers uh, are straight out of that those races. And then um, if you win a, if you, you happen across a good horse and won a couple of group ones, you'll probably lose your rights to a midways as well. But I guess you'd take group one winners over winning midways. Yeah. And, Boys, and hopefully, speaking of Brad Davidson, hopefully after Saturday I convinced him to leave air to air alone. Yeah, well, it uh, it is. It's it just yeah, out of the gates. We watched that on uh, Bonville. Oh, he was tipping it up, wasn't he, Brad? And we were just both shaking our heads because uh, you know a lot about air to air. Don't get me started, Dave. Uh, just that point <laughs> system, guys. Three points for a Metro Saturday winner or interstate. Two points for a midweek race. One point for a, a country race. It's ten points for Group 1 wins. That also is inclusive of the Everest, the Golden Eagle, any race with a prize money of more than a million. Eight points for Group 2s, and that includes the Bondi, the Golden Gift Hunter, Gong, and six points for Group 3 all listed. Um, Includes the Silver Eagle, St Ledger, Rose Hill Gold Cup. So uh, a trainer like Christian Buchanan, who doesn't have, uh, with all due respect, a lot of group winners, but she's an outstanding trainer. She's perfectly qualified for that race uh, to target that. So... Uh, she's done a does a great job, guys. Five wins from her last seven runners as well, Kristen. Mm. Uh, her horses are always turned out in great order, and um, yeah, she's one of the the best trainers up on the Central Coast here in New South Wales. All right, now before we take a break, and as I said, give us a call on thirteen fifty three fifty three. Uh, first time since April last year, and I think it was a midweeker uh, in the April that J Mac did not ride a winner on a Metropolitan card he was riding on. So it's pretty amazing. Um, we got, we got talking yesterday, and there was a couple of texts on the text line this morning. Are we overhyping this J-Mac tax chat too much? Um, uh, you know, it, it obviously there is no doubt uh, this, you know, thought process that horses he rides. I might come to you here, Munns, first, because obviously you, you mention it a lot, um, because, you know, that's, that's part of your role, looking at these figures, and you're analysing, you know, what these horses may be priced if he wasn't riding them, etc. But is it is it a bit too overhyped? The J-Mac tax chat. Well, Dave, just because he didn't ride a winner Saturday doesn't mean, you know, he's... No, no I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Or anything like that. But, you know, no, there was I'm a more situation just saying, like, there we, on Saturday, We over-talking about it. Yeah, but in race number two on Saturday, 1A went up favourite on Saturday morning. Now, no, no dispersions whatsoever to Quade Crow. But punters are going to look at 1A with Quade Crow in the saddle, and there's Fiordland in the same race. Uh, with James McDonald. Now, there was no way in the world that 1A was going to start a shorter price than Fiordland. Just, it's just the perception of punters. Uh, and, well, that's all it is. Like, you know, we, he went up $1.60 in the Jockey's Challenge on Saturday morning, James McDonald, when I wrote the prices down at um, quarter past eight when the first markets went up. By the time I did the preview on Sky Thoroughbred Central, which, uh, and I'm still getting my head around the different time zones here, whether it was 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock or whatever, he was a dollar and four. I only fell off the chair. Um, you know, because there wasn't, his rides hadn't massively firmed in the markets throughout the morning. So whether or not uh, they hadn't factored in, you know, he picked up a couple of extra rides um, and when they did the, the first market. But he, he was put on a lot of those horses on Friday evening. But, you know, that, that's all. People say, oh, the jockey's challenge is the be-all and end-all of everything. The jockey's challenge market is purely f- 
um, worked out on the price of the horse that the jockey is riding. Not the chance of the horse, what a form student would think. Now, Johnny Scorsese, he, he used to, uh, he'd analyse the jockey's challenge and he'd base his opinion in the jockey's challenge on how he'd done the form. And he thought, you know, if um, uh, Blake McDougall, for example, he used to ride the majority of winners down in that area before he moved to Victoria, uh, he'd say, oh, this is an absolute gift in the jockey's challenge today at um, $3. I think he'll ride three winners, and I think four of his other rides must finish top three. It's got nothing to do with what prices they were. Uh, that's, uh, that's based on form. When you're betting in the jockey's challenge, the price is an a, a, um, algorithm of the prices of the horses that the jockey is riding when they do the market, whether it be at 8 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock in the morning or whatever. It's not got any relation whatsoever to a form student's perception of what chances those horses are. But James McDonald will more often than not, in smaller fields and days when the major jockeys aren't riding, the average putter will gravitate back to James McDonald and the tote prices of a lot of his rides on Saturday were indicative of that. They were well under what they were in the ring. Hmm. Is that is that just that's that's what the soft money though, isn't it? Though months, it's yes, not so much yes. the big it's not so much the big boys that have you know shifted those all those price snippers that you know when the markets go out. But he would still you know. rate very highly on the big players' database or on their. But being the being probably the best jockey in the country, isn't he always going to be? I mean, we're not going to see him on twenty to one shots very rarely. Well, we're going to see him on horses that are you know at the pointy end of the market. Well, especially, that, especially in smaller smaller field race days and you yeah. got a situation where we've got jockeys dropping out here at the moment, you get a few scratchings. If James McDonald hasn't got a ride, he's going to be the go-to runner. If he's he's on a scratching, he's going to be exactly. the go-to runner for connections to ride their horse. And I'll bring Dino in here because we, we, we kind of had this sort of flavour when Jamie Carr was, you know, winning and everyone was going, oh, Jamie Carr, Jamie. And look, Ken Ride, and one of the, one of the, one of the best riders, you know, in, in Victoria. But can it be overhyped, Dino? Oh, I think it can be. Uh, I think it's a bit like the what the footy coaches say about wins and losses. They're never as good as they are when they win, and they're never as bad as when they lose. And uh, I think, you know, there there is that hype factor. And you know, I think James McDonald, one of his best results on Saturday was on the longest price runner he rode. So, you know, the it's very. Uh, yeah, betting the jockey's challenge, and when it, as Munn said, when it was into a dollar oh four, it was that was just ridiculous. But uh, uh, anyway, no, I think that I think there is that uh, you know when a jockey gets on a roll, and and you've mentioned the two pro, most prominent in the last twelve months. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But uh, yeah, it's sort of levelled out a bit here in the um, since Jamie's been back. She's riding just the same. I think I think she's riding really well, and uh, she'll uh, you know get a, a stack of winners in the next few months but uh i think uh yeah the hype's gone down just a little bit all right so we've got a caller on the line uh, our first caller of the morning tom good day tom Dave, what's going on bro good mate what have you got for us uh, i just want to ask dino a question about a horse in adelaide octane what on earth has happened to it octane uh yeah he's got a lot of problems octane uh he was a 1.4 million dollar yearling that became a $24,000 reject and then won all those races and he's back to being a reject again. Um, <laughs> I know a fair bit about him because he's a half-brother to a horse I had called the quarterback and uh, the quarterback suffered from a lot of issues later in his career with respiratory and bleeding and I, I suspect without knowing because I don't know the Philip Stokes stable at all but uh, uh, I suspect he's probably suffering from much the same. And Dave, where's your mate been? Kurt, 
Having a, having a for a while. Mate, I haven't, oh, we haven't seen him. Well, I've been away on holidays. Did he appear over the uh, the summer break at all, Luke? No, no he didn't, Dave. And he got traded out. It's not the same. He got, uh, got traded. Aren't, aren't you happy with it without Kurt? Maybe he needs his own podcast or something. Surely one of the other big bookies will pick him up, <laughs> throw him on there, get him on the podcast. We'll get him and Munns in a room together. You'd like oh, that, Munns? Yeah, oh, just another one. Beautiful. Hey, uh, thanks for your call, Tom. Uh, now, here's another uh, text. I'll bring you in here, Chris. We'll make you uh, earn your keep today, mate. What did you uh, What did you make uh, of Casino Kid? Uh, because there's a, a lot of people here saying, well done, Jan Bowen. Tony Brassel must have tipped this up on Racenet or something uh, with his tips, his first time working for Racenet, because people saying, uh, how good, Brass, fantastic uh, Casino Kid. What did you make? Reese Jones, he, he's had, he had a good week in the saddle. Yeah, he has, hasn't he? And this horse really hasn't had a lot of luck, luck this preparation. First time it got a clear crack at them, and it just brained them, didn't it? Just once it got them, got clear clear running, it just went away from them. One really, really well and really easily, which suggested it probably can win another one of these sort of races. Um, looking looking at its looking at its form now, now it's going to be it's going to be it's out of the out of the highway out of the highway category and out of the country championship. So I think I'll be looking yeah. to um, get it get it to a stage where it can get go through to. Um, uh, open grade race, and then you know it could be a horse that in in time could get to say a Kosciuszko if it was um if it was up to that. Okay, beautiful. All right, I, I'd love to know people's thoughts that were on Casino Kid, what they were doing with the ticket at about the seven hundred metre mark, <laughs> because it would have been straight in the rubbish bin. You couldn't have possibly thought <clears throat> the way Reese Jones was riding it along in that race just to keep up, but. I don't. It looked as though it just joined in from the horse stalls at, uh, mm. at about the 350 metre mark, and, and he's run the fastest last 600 in the race by about um, oh, about 0.7 or something like that. And it was just unbelievably strong at the end of that race. Yeah, well, man, was. I mean, is this horse now a stayer, guys? That's the first time we've seen him beyond a mile, and that's his clear career peak um, on what he's done there. You see, you see him in the start of his career. He was running over 900, 1,011. Then he eventually got to a mile and went out. Now he's come back a few preparations later as a, a fully furnished horse. Um, I see no reason he couldn't get up to 2,000 metres even. And with the turn of foot he's got, well, look, he, he could be a horse with uh, a bit of promise. Uh, I think he's on the improve and there's no reason he couldn't win again despite only having 51 on his back Saturday. Yeah, and, okay. and did, did he look... Even more impressive for the simple fact he's been one of the most unlucky horses in those highways. He's been mm. boxed up and without great room, and even the other day never had great room. He was given clear air from the top of the straight, and a completely different horse. Casino kid, uh, we're chatting about there. Um, gents, let's talk a little bit of Gold Coast, because there's a couple of texts here, and I must admit... Um, you've got long pockets if you've been following him, but Wheelhouse got the chocolates there and the tab wave. Uh, what did we make? You were there, Munns. Uh, what did you make of the uh, the win of Wheelhouse? Who savage well, along like a different horse? Probably just confirmed the form, Dave, of Kerwin's Lane. Uh, of course, he, he'd, he'd run behind Kerwin's Lane at his last start. Kerwin's Lane put in, put in two wins in the space of six days in town. He won on Boxing Day and then bounced out and won again on New Year's Day. Uh, now, the, um, you, you look at the wave race and you say, well, it's a wait-for-age race. But... It was a wait for, it's a wait-for-age race in name only for three- and four-year-olds. Lord Ardmore, who was the favourite in the race, was coming off running second to Fuetor, uh in, in a benchmark 88. 
and, and Wheelhouse was coming off running second uh, in a benchmark 88 to Kerwin's Lane. So they both had similar type form in Sydney. Um, Wheelhouse, well, he, he hadn't won a race since he won his maiden back in February. Uh, that was uh, 11 months ago. Uh, he'd, he'd run in sort of probably better class races. He, it's just the fact that he ran the 1800 on Saturday better than most of them. There was quite a number of those horses uh, that were on trial uh, at the 1800. Uh, Starrell was probably the most disappointing galloper. Dean, I'll bring you in. She's been a horse that's been on your radar and especially Mark Hunter's radar for, well, at least 18 months now, but she's still only won the one race. Yeah, she's stuck on one win month, and I think there was a bit of a same time last year sort of or next year scenario that the same connections won that race last year she's not as good as uh, the mayor that was uh, winning last year so no she's uh, she's in a bit of trouble uh, at this stage of her campaign all right boys we are going to take a break so uh sit tight uh, we're on punters post-mortem at 20 to 10 and if you've got a question for our team and panel give us a call on 13 Get ready to secure the very best yearlings New Zealand has to offer. With world-class talent now hitting the track, NZB Standard Bread graduates have claimed 14 Group 1 wins, 27 stakes wins, and 7 derbies last season alone. Buy from the best in the business at NZB Standard Bread's 2022 National Yearling Sale in Auckland and Christchurch. New Zealand Bloodstock, where winning begins. Harvey Norman's Summer Sizzlers. Enjoy summer at home. Buy local and support Australian-made manufacturing. Big brand Australian-made queen mattress from below $599. The feature-packed Bradford three-seater fabric sofa with power recliners, $2,799. Miele 8-kilo front-load washing machine plus Miele 8-kilo heat pump dryer package. Great price, $3,699. Save $600. Save $200 on the powerful Acer Aspire 5 laptop. Now $997. On now at Harvey Norman. Sky Sports Radio, racing through history. William Forrester bought Warwick Park north of Liverpool in 1882 and changed the name to Warwick Farm to match his initials. Forrester lived a life. After helping form the Warwick Farm Racing Club in 1889, he would go on to win the Melbourne Cup twice as an owner in 1897 and 1898. Warwick Farm passed through a series of owners before being sold to the AJC in 1922. After extensive renovations, it reopened for racing on April 4, 1925, with a crowd of 25,000 people. Watch that striped jacket as the favourite goes to the front. Dolly Stallions, they win. Montefilia is stretching, lunging and got up to win it. Montefilia claims the two group ones in a week. She has done something no filly has ever done. And that is her third group one win. They sell. Kermanek filly. It's a hammer, I sell. They get you to the big days. That is 100 career group one wins. Darley Stallions, they win, they sell, they get you to the big days. New year means new gear. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for your summer workwear gear. We stock all the big brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a massive range of shorts, pants and high-vis. Does your business workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team and we'll get you sorted. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road, opposite Bunnings and Maccas. From suits to boots, we've got you covered. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. 
Yes, give us a call on 13.53.53. That open line is open. And any questions about to the weekend's racing, if you've got lots of texts on the text line, I think a lot of people are heading back to work, uh, so they're uh, they're keen to text. Um, let's have a look at uh, a couple of these two-year-old races uh, that went around. First off, I uh, don't know if uh, you guys saw Friday night. I worked uh, there at Canterbury. Paris Dior, uh, Jensen Putters, um, was very impressive in winning that two-year-old race to kickstart proceedings at to Canterbury and uh, J-Mac getting off the the filly saying to, not on air, but he did say it um, to Peter Snowden that, Peter, if this doesn't win a group race, I'm a bad judge. Uh, and Peter suggesting they're looking at the English Millennium with Paris Dior. It was it was ultra impressive. I know you spotted it, Lukey. Yeah, she was a, a really good winner, Dave, wasn't she? Uh, all style, put a margin on them and uh, her debut run at Warwick Farm was excellent as well. I think she's a filly that We'll have no issue stretching out to 1,200 metres, Glenn, the way she powered to the line, and uh, she's got a bright future indeed. Yeah, uh, I must admit I didn't see the races uh, Friday night, but uh, I know her first run at race at Warwick Farm. She was quite good. She's a $9 chance in the Inglis Millennium Market. Right. Um, and that, would have been that's been up. added because she yeah. wasn't in there Friday night, so they've now added her. Did they add her at $9, Glenn? Or? No, I'm looking at how much has been invested on it, Dave, and what it's been averaged out at. Uh, she probably, I'll tell you what, uh, I'll do a rough calculation. What I think it's gone up as anyway. Right, well, it's probably you... gone up about eleven or th- okay. uh, eleven or twelve dollars. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, she was very she was very very impressive. Yeah. Massive late sectionals there too. Um, best well, last two hundred of the yeah. meeting. Yeah. Really. Okay. Well, one one thing about it, Dino and J Mac even said this afterwards um, was that uh, they were really starting to rev up behind her, and he just really worked her through the gears. You could, it was one of those visual, um, you know, performances where you could actually see her, you know, going from first to fifth, so to speak. So, um, yeah, yeah they had a massive a mid-race, mid-race slowdown uh, from the uh, 600 of the football. They went 11.32, then 12.52. They backed it right off and then home 11.80, 11.28. So, uh, yes, for her to pick up again after that slowdown is often a very good effort. Okay. Yeah, it went up $11. They took off, they took off before the two. Yeah, and then just on uh, these other two, before we get to our caller there, who's Paul on the line, uh, just, uh, I mean, one of the most visually impressive runs uh, from a youngster was obviously at the Gold Coast, Mashani Spartan. You were talking before about Casino Kidmans, about tearing the ticket up. Well, you would have you would have turned away from the screen coming to the turn. How on earth, how on earth, how on earth did this horse win? Uh, well, I think it was more a matter, Dave, of the others were going up and down in the one spot. Now, he's had two starts, Mashani Spartan. He started at Ipswich. He was slow away. He came from last, straight along the fence, to win there at 50-1. to 1. And on Saturday, he missed the start again, came from last along the inside, and won at 20-1. to 1. Albeit, he was $51 into $21 on the day. Uh, so it was one of those races where uh, they just tended to spec a few runners, uh, especially wider, uh, that... Uh, Colt Elude uh, was a good spec as well. Chris Munster's uh, galloper there, and it ran a very, very good race. So he's into uh, the Magic Millions now, Mashani Spartan, and I think that's uh, maybe two, if not three, runners that uh, Les Ross, he's the sort of three, king of the yeah. two-year-olds up here uh, in Queensland and usually hunting for the, the cutest uh, money, but he uh, no cutest on the, the gold nuggets that day, but it was still a $125,000 race. Yeah, it was a big, big win. Is Preble locked in to ride in the Millions? No, he's uh, riding something else. Yeah, he's, he's he, 
he's yeah. riding something else. I think Jackson Morris, who uh, he's the okay. sort of stable rider for Les Ross at the moment, he missed uh, Saturday. He's had a couple of busters lately, Jackson Morris. I think in the space of a week, he rode two horses that both uh, either bucked coming out of the barriers or went about 50 metres and bucked, and he came off came off them. So he, he probably he probably a bit sick sore and sorry for himself, but uh, he'll be he'll be he should be right for Millions Day on Saturday. Okay, beautiful. All right, let's get to some calls. Uh, Paul's the line. He wants to talk uh, about Isotope. G'day, Paul. Uh, good morning. Uh, yes, I've got it in a, a multi with wheelhouse. I'm just wondering what your opinion is of uh, Isotope's chances in the snippets on Saturday at the Gold Coast. All right. Might come to you, uh, Munns or, or Chris here. I know, Chris, maybe have you heard anything on the grapevine from the Golan Yard? By the way, it's Tony Golan's birthday today, so happy birthday to uh, to, to Tony. Um, well, I'd, I'd say I suppose that's been the goal right through, and yeah. it's, it's one of those races snippets, snippets where you where you've got to look on these Magic Millions days. If you stick with the horses that have proven at um, group level, you tend to find you tend to find that they go around sometimes at silly prices when they should be a lot shorter because people are looking for value. And I guess these races are being restricted. Those horses that have got a bit more talent have tend to be able to do things wrong and still win. Certainly yeah, do. now she was due to resume at uh, Doombin the other day. I yep. hope in the same race as Jamea. That was the last race on the program. The track was downgraded oh, to a heavy lost. 10. And now she's had a jump out since. She had a jump out last week at uh, Doombin. So she's well on track for uh, Saturday. And just looking at the, the top of the market there at the moment, she's the favourite over away game. Uh, Kieran Ma there. Bo Rosa, who was also... Uh, no, it trialled, sorry. Bo Rosa trialled here at the Gold Coast last Monday in the same heat as Jamea. So it's ready for Toos. Uh, speaking to Joe O'Neill on Saturday, he said needs the weather to improve. They're wanting a firm track. And, uh, well, the way the weather's been the last two days here, uh, they're on track to get it. Uh, it's on the next line of betting with Totally Charmed. And then you've got Baller and Rohiran. And Rohiran, of course, gained the wild card entry into this race after winning uh, recently in Brisbane. And then, well, you've got a horse here, 11-11. 11-11 just tends to race well at the Gold Coast every year. Certainly does. And on Isotope, boys, uh, Colin did say in an article that there was two races he had in mind for at the coast. One was the Snippets, 1,200, and the other was the Phillies and Mares, 1,300. So now that she's just sort of missed that run due to that wet track, I wonder if he'd, if he'd go towards the 1,200-metre race just having missed that run or, or what the plan would be. But uh, she's a good mare, and uh, she had that bad colic attack last year, but... From all reports, she's she's going really well uh, and set to resume shortly. She hasn't had much luck with the Gold Coast. I mean, mm. Ryan fell off, had the colic. Well, that's we, right. we haven't even you know, got a price yeah. in the Phillies and Mares race. Okay, uh, interesting. Okay. Well, is she nommed for both well, races? Not according not she according to that. If she's not priced, yeah. Okay, thanks for your call, Paul. Another Paul is on the line there too. G'day, Paul. How you going? Good, mate. What's uh, what's your question? So it might be a question for uh, those that have got a better memory than me, maybe months. Um, the details might sound a bit vague, but say 10 years ago, the, a horse came from nowhere and its breeding was a bit obscure. When everybody worked out that it was valuable, it had been turned out for a spell. And uh, it, the end result was it was kidnapped by Brumby. And um, they put a hundred thousand dollar reward up for anybody that could find it, and it was never ever found. And I, uh, you know, I've owned horses, and I know another lot of guys, and we often talk about it, but none of us can come up with the bloody name. 
that wasn't up at Scone, was it? Well, it's the only horse in my lifetime that I've heard has been kidnapped by Brumbies that had any profile. And it actually made. Uh, when you say kidnapped that, by Brumbies, what, what, what run off? What, so, so run, run, run off, right out of the paddock yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. They, right, okay. they weren't. It, they weren't the blokes that got Shergar dressed up. Yeah, in, I was going to say. Was this some sort of you know some sort of <laughs> new bikey group, the Brumbies or something? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Canberra Rugby <laughs> Union team. Yeah. No, they the, just turned it out, and they uh, and then somebody's worked out. Hey, this is a valuable horse, breeding wise or whatever. And um, anyway, they went. Looking for it, and it had been broken out of a paddock, and they said it well, was kidnapped by Bromby. I'll tell you and, what, Paul. Uh, they, people, a lot of a lot of people listen to this. There are probably some people listening in Scone to this. If you know, send us a text or give us a call. We'll try and solve the puzzle for you today, mate. So keep listening, all right? You got. You know why you've got to do it. I asked well, Ray Thomas, and, and he only swallowed the phone. He couldn't remember it. But well, the story well, made news. We're in strife then. We're in strife. If Ray Thomas can't recall it. We're in strife, Paul, because he is a man that dead set knows uh, everything. Hey, um, what about just getting back to the, some of these two old races? Miss Hellfire, um, very impressive. I mean, she had a good weekend, the Snowdens. We just spoke about Mr. Yaw, but what did you make, uh, Chris and Munns, of uh, Miss Hellfire? Well, it was very good, wasn't it? Went to the front and then um, another hell bench, bench showing showing itself as an early two-year-old, which... Will only work, go well for Yerram and Park in the next couple of days because they'll they've got plenty on their draft. And she went away and she put herself there as one of the chances in the Magic Millions. But talking to the Snowden camp, she is number two seed and probably a long way behind their number one seed in Russian Conquest. Muns, any money can, for her now? In that, um... well, she was thirty-four dollars. She was made. Um... She was made, I think you'll find, a $17 chance. I was talking to Maxie straight after the race, and, and I said, well, should be, um, you know, you try and analyse what's going on. I said, well, it's got to be no longer than $13, Maxie. And he said, well, how do you work that out? I said, well, it's $34. The previous winner was 100 to 1, uh, Mashani Spartan, and it became a $17 chance for winning. So I said, well, this was a $34 chance before the race. It went better on the clock than... Um, Mashani Spartan did, so it's, it's got to be shorter straight away. And he went, oh, okay, okay, is that, you know, and I said, well, that's only my opinion when I'm doing that very, very quickly. Well, they made it $17, then they made it $13, and now it's a $10 chance. It's actually fourth favourite at $10 now. You've got Coolangatta's $1.70, Russian Conquest, the uh, other one of the Snowdens there at 7 Soaring Ambition, who beat Miss Hellfire home in the Wyong Magic Mians, and then Tommy just didn't see it with the theme say it was all that comfortable on the inside in the softer going uh, the other day in Brisbane. It's the next pick at $8. Miss Hellfire's a $10 chance now. As I said, completely different race shape than the other two-year-old on Saturday where they went along very, very hard and Mashani Spartan came from last. It was a more evenly or a typically run race here and Miss Hellfire came home much, much quicker the last half of the race there. It's at 10 Golden Arty, the winner from Brisbane recently at 17 with Mashani Spartan and Stupendo. Uh, who ran uh, on Saturday, ran in the uh, Mashani Spartan race there. Uh, it's a $17 chance as well. And the Kiwi is the next pick, Bright Blue Sky. She actually worked in between races on Saturday up here at the Gold Coast. Brett Preble rode it, and that's, I think, you'll find who Brett Preble is riding uh, in the Magic Millions, Bright Blue Sky. She worked with uh, Michael Costa's horse, Axe, here on uh, Saturday, sat outside it in a, a, a track gallop on the course proper uh, after the first race and uh, went to the line all right. And she'd be improved. Uh, she didn't seem overly comfortable at Doombin the other day, her first go in Australia. Um, uh, Dino, I mean, are they all racing for second, though? 
I mean, is this is this just on figures and what you've seen is being served up opposition-wise? I know barriers and, and track conditions can come into it, but, geez, if we get a, a good barrier for Cool and Gatter and the right racing surface, it's, she's going to be mighty hard to beat. Yeah, I think so. Uh, the, you know, what we saw of uh, Randwick, yes. Uh, the last win was good enough probably to win as well, but I don't, you know, maybe they've left a fair bit in the tank. I liked the win of uh, Miss Hellfire on Saturday. I thought uh, significantly quicker than the boys, and uh, Paul Snowden straight after the race saying how well she'd done and uh, that the backup would be an absolute bonus for her. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I would think that uh, she'll be, she'd be the second seed for me now anyway. Okay. All right, the, um, the horses that win on that day have a really good, or run on that day, yes. have, a, have a really good um, record in the Magic Millions. It's just two rolls at this time of year tend to take a big improvement from run to run. So they're very early in their careers. So if it could step up again, it put, puts itself in the race. But I'd rather be on Russian Conquest because I think it's um, I think it's got um, open to more improvement. And the way it won with the Winkers on last time, it was um, very impressive. Yes, in 2015, four winners of the Magic Millions have raced and won on the yeah. previous Saturday at the Gold Coast. Yeah. Le Chef in 2015, Hoots in 2017, yeah. Sunlight 2018, Exhilarates 2019. They had a miss in 2020. Uh, 2021, Shaquiro had actually run second at the coast That's seven right. days beforehand and came out to win the Magic Millions. So they, they do have a, a very good record there. And another thing you should take note of, the trail was in the true position on Saturday at the coast and they hadn't raced here for a number of weeks and the inside was poison here on Saturday uh, with the track going from a 6 to a 7, um, then finished an 8, I think you'll find at the end of the day. Uh, a couple of horses came up near the inside. Mashani um, Spartan was one of them and one of the other winners um, came up towards the inside as well. But hard up on the inside, nothing really... Uh, raced right hard up against the inside fence there, particularly in the straight. And the later races, uh, they get they got very, very wide there. So with this track drying out, if they get the similar weather conditions they've got the last two days here, they have forecast, you know, little bits of rain. But um, you reckon our weather blokes are good. Uh, last week, they forecast 50 mils of rain Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. They got, th- uh, I think they got 18 for the week uh, after forecasting 50 every day. We've got um, Laurie on the phone. Now, this is the power of the, uh, the just the conversation here on Punters Postmortem. I think Laurie has some information on the horse that was kidnapped by Brumbies. Laurie, good morning to you. Yes, good morning, guys. Uh, in relation to that horse, uh, uh, that chap might have been uh, looking for the mare called No Finding. What happened, uh, they bred from her and um, uh, she produced a horse that Peter Moody trained in Melbourne that won about three or four races and it took a long time for them to uh, for him to come to uh, realise his potential and what they'd done, they'd turned her out and uh, she'd gone with the Brumbies up and I think it might have been in southwest Queensland when she went but um, no finding was trained by Barry Lockwood and uh, we had a little syndicate and we raced her but uh, one of my friends said, did you realise what had happened? And I said, no I didn't and then we went back and looked at it and that might have been the horse that they were, okay. uh, that, that chap was relating to because it's in around about that time frame about 10 years ago. There you go. Well, there, there we've solved a little puzzle, hopefully. So no finding was that it was a mare. and Can you uh, we believe had few, that's its name? No, no finding, yeah. Well, we had a few texts on the text line that it was a mare. Okay. So I think we've put the puzzle together there. So, Laurie, thank you very much for your call, mate. Thanks for listening. I think he's already gone. Beautiful, Laurie. Hey, before um, we get into it, a couple of texts here as well. 
This is to you, Muns, and to Chris, because I know you're up there on the Gold Coast. Now, we're at the Coalface, Luke and I, and in terms of, you know, being there with the punters yesterday, we're at the Pier Hotel at Coffs Harbour, which was outstanding. A lot of people having a bet on a Sunday afternoon. Now, I know that you're going to be bringing us, you to a lot of information about, you know, the big lots and what millionaires bought this horse and that horse, but can you get some winners for us as well? For the uh, for the putters, can we give that job to you? Can to be scouring uh, the complex up there, winners? Because at the end of the day, the punter out there, whether someone buys a fastnet rock or something like that for whatever, I mean, it's no real interest probably to the the bloke who's just listening in to get some mail. But can we get can we make that your responsibility, Muns and Chris? Can you do that for us? Well, Dave, we'll have a look I'll, around I'll, and then. Don't jump! Don't jump uh, straight away, boys. That you can, but buns. Can can we live with I, I you? Won't, I won't be getting involved in the sales, Dave. I've basically been a hermit since I've been here. Um, the COVID oh. situation up here is uh, a little bit dramatic. Oh, it's had a, uh, a number of uh, businesses and that here are closed with um, lack of staff. So I'm I'm a little bit um, I've you know ventured okay. out to go for dinner and things like that. And so I'm, you're at I'm home, pretty quiet. Well, you might so just I've, you might just have stayed stayed in Sydney. Well, Dave, I drove to Brisbane twice last week <laughs> to do television shows. We well, might have just stayed in Sydney then, save the save the time. Could have just crashed out the back. No, but um, but no, I'll be at the barrier draw tomorrow morning. I had a fun- I had two functions to do here, Dave, and one of them's been cancelled. Oh, they've been cancelled. Um, oh. They cancelled a function here last Friday night for the Wave, and they've already cancelled a function this Friday night for the Magic Millions, uh, with the concerns over um, the COVID situation on the coast. Okay. All right. What about yourself, Chris? Well, you'll be there. You'll be finding mail, Chris, surely. So, well, when we talk to you on Thursday for your segment, we're going to get some winners. All right. Not only the news on who's spent the most cash. But uh, we we need some winners. Can you can we give that your responsibility to you? Yeah, I'll, I'll um I'll be um, looking around to see see what's what's going to be at um at the Gold Coast on Saturday as much as what's going to be at the Gold Coast in three years time. So, in and two and three years time. So, the only reason Muns is not going to the sales is last time he went he put his hand up and had to find I had to find a couple of hundred thousand which, <laughs> which he had to go and dig up out of the backyard. Very good. And Dino, mate, big week ahead. What's happening down there in Victoria for you this week, mate? Uh, Standish Handicap Saturday, Dave. Been moved from New Year's Day in this part of the Sprint Series, so it's the main meeting. Uh, we've got a twilight meeting at Caulfield on uh, Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, no, a good week of racing, but uh, certainly looking uh, to the north and, uh, and watching the Magic Millions with great interest. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us on Punters Postmortem this morning. Horses Stay to follow, safe. Dave? Yes, actually. Horses to follow. I just had Boydo saying he needed to clean out, so that threw me. That threw me. So we need to get the horses to... I'm not used to it. Uh, Boydo, uh, right, Dino, your horses to follow, mate, because you've chimed in. Yep, mentioned jewellery in race one on Saturday. She went really well. And the mare from the Wallace stable called Gabira uh, ran well at 1,100. 12, 1,300, she should nearly win next start. Mun's your horses to follow. Um, well, I liked him Saturday, Mustajir. Uh, there was no, no rap for him whatsoever. I think he was $8 to $26 on Saturday. We told you we needed the run. Um, I wonder if Chris is looking for a race in about six or seven weeks' time, the Parramatta Cup at Rose Hill that he's run in the last two years, Mustajir. So stay on his back. And I thought Holy Rain uh, found the line nicely uh, in its race, was second up. So they tend to just go uh, backwards a fraction second up. So I think next run... Uh, for Holy Rain, he'll be ready to run a much, much improved race. He was in the, the midway there, the toppy. He carried 58 and a half, and uh, I think he'll be uh, ready to peak at his third run in. What about yourself, Chris? 
I thought um, Yee Yee was a, a really nice return, and as it gets up in trip, I think once it gets to a mile, it'll be winning a couple of races this preparation. And as we've talked about before, and we danced, Dino's points were uh, very well made about about it. It's, it's racing Group One company in in New Zealand, and um, I think Chris is going to have a bit of fun with that. Chris Waller's going to have a bit of fun with that horse, and we'll probably see James McDonald on it sometime soon. All right, and your horse to follow. Yeah, I concur with Chris, Dave, and we danced. I think we can stick side there. And I like another from the Wallace stable, Joviality, on Saturday. Uh, she'd been MIA for a couple of preparations, but I think they've got her back, uh, and uh, she's a, a talented mare that can win a race very, very shortly. Gents, have a good uh, Monday. Thanks for chiming in and shaving me there, Dino, with the horses to follow, mate. I just didn't want everyone annoying me on Twitter, Dave, basically. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> have a good week, boys, and stay safe. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dave. See you, mate.